0: You're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. Uh, my name is Chris. Glad to be with you all. Welcome. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different today, so thanks for uh, trying stuff out with us. That's kind of how things roll uh, around Kaleo is as we try some things out. So Erin and I, were, we were brainstorming a little bit about this particular Sunday, because she was going to be gone. And, and I've been spending um, like the last eight days, essentially, writing a, a paper that I'm finishing for a course. And so we were kind of like, well, what should we do with that? And we decided, um, I mean, I kind of was like, I guess I could do this, too. We decided I'd, I'd tell you a little bit about this course I've been taking um, as, I, as I finish up some schooling and then this paper that I wrote, because I actually, I think this, this work that I've been doing has a lot to do with all of us, um, and it'll maybe make more sense as it goes, but in that uh, idea, like, it's not conventional. So I don't think I'm preaching, and I don't think I'm teaching, but I think I'm just, like, narrating an experience I've had for the last seven months or so, um, and I'm going to try to make it accessible for all of us does that sound like something we can try yeah Yeah. you guys are like whatever yeah um okay so so here here's the the courses was called embracing the stranger um embracing the stranger and and it was i i started it a long time ago because i've had like three extensions on this paper um but the 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 premise of it is like reclaiming a theology of hospitality or, or what does hospitality mean in the Christian tradition? Or how do we uh, embrace the strangers uh, among us and in our midst? And, and so there's kind of this interesting idea of this course, because it kind of seems like, oh, what, like just have people over to your house or something like that? I think we did it, and we're done, right? Instead, it's this idea that um, at least in, in the world today, we find ourselves in this spot where I think hospitality has actually just become a commodity. It's become something we pay for. We, we pay to be welcomed well. And if we're not welcomed well, we have something to say about it in form of one star or send a review or an email or whatever it might be. And, and so in the, the context of commodifying hospitality, I think what we're finding is that we're not sure how to love one another uh, who's a stranger to us or receive love from one another as well, because on some level, we're always paying for it. Um, Beyond that, we're going to get to this in a minute, it only then exists between people who are like us. That's the other tension in all of this. So, So hospitality is fleshed out in the ways in which we pay for it. There's actually a whole industry called the hospitality industry right so there's that component and then there's the tension of this reality in which when we interact with one another most of the time it's in the context of sameness okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to unpack all of that as best i can let me pray for us um i still i still believe god might have something for us in all this i don't know so we'll see where it goes uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a God of love as we've spent a lot of time singing and praying about. Uh, I, I pray that we would know that love today, that we would be reminded of that love, that that um, love would welcome us, and that as we make our way through this conversation on hospitality, uh, that, that love would be extended to the world as well. Uh, pray again, Lord, as always, for Your words to speak. That this would be something that would uh, be meaningful to us, and would uh, be true and honest of who You are. We love You in Your name. We pray. Amen. Okay, so so step one, the New Testament uses a word for hospitality. It kind of grounds us and, and guides this idea of us having a fresh imagination for what this might be. And, and that word is a Greek word called philozenia, which sounds pretty cool, right? Philozenia, and, and it means essentially love of the stranger. Philo, P-H-I-L-O, the love of, xenia, stranger. It's also where you get xenophobia, our fear of the other. Okay, so philozenia is this idea of loving the stranger. And this is how we reclaim the practice of hospitality that aligns ourselves with this ethic embodied in the person and the life of Jesus. There's kind of a formative verse on the conversation on hospitality, and it's in Romans 15:7, and, and Paul says, Welcome one another, therefore just as Christ welcomed you. It's kind of like the, okay, that's what, that's what hospitality is. Means welcome one another just as Christ welcomed you. So we have to begin to think about the ways in which Jesus welcomes us and then how that then transpires into the ways in which we welcome one another. In order to get there, I'm going to do a deep dive. Okay, this is where I'm like, I don't know if this is going to land or not. Uh, I'm going to get all theological for a moment. Okay, and I'm going to move that theology to practice. Okay, so eventually. We'll leave this place with at least something that we can, like, hold on to. I'm going to try that. That's what I'm going to do, okay? So I think in order to reclaim hospitality as the biblical witness grants it to us, uh, we're going to have to reimagine our image of God, okay? All right, reimagine our image of God. Here's here's where I want to do. I want to do this. We're going to begin our hospitality reclamation project by observing the dynamic interrelationality of the triune God. Yeah? It's kind of sounding fun now a little bit, huh? Right? Because here's what's present in the Trinity, right? We have this expansive and ever-present core of who God is, and we find hospitality actually embodied in the core of God and the way in which each member of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, as we typically refer to those members, then interact with one another. God embraces God's self, and this is the jumping-off point for hospitality. Ingrained in the image of God, is the welcome of one another, inviting each person of the Trinity into a hospitable embrace with one another. Now, it gets gets weirder, but in order to begin there, we have to actually be thinking about the ways in which we have images of God in mind. Like when you hear the word God, the name God, even Jesus or the Holy Spirit, what comes to mind, what image stirs in your imagination. Just, just think for a moment. When, like, if you're like, all right, fine, let me pick something. Like, what, what does God look like to you in your imagination? I won't make you say these things, but we all have images of God. A typical one that we work to dismantle in the context around Kaleo is that Jesus was a white man, right? But for some of us, We can't help but go, Jesus, white guy. Like, it just happens. So we have to work to reimage what comes to mind when we view Jesus. The same it is with who God is. It's complex because for, you know, 2,000 years, theologians have been trying to define that God is three persons in one. And I'm not going to, like, give you some, like, marbles and, well, I don't know what all the illustrations are that have existed over time. A fidget spinner was the one that I've most recently seen where I was kind of like, okay, it spins around and it becomes one. I don't know. <laughs> That's not in my paper, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so, so what I think can happen when, when our image of God is refreshed maybe, if you will, our view of ourselves is also refreshed because from the beginning of creation, God crafted humanity to be representative of God's communal nature. God's communal nature is stamped on us as well, right? We are fashioned for community in the same way that God is ever always in community with God's self. So the triune God, that's the Trinity, is inviting us into intimate communion by way of, first, our creation in God's image, second, by way of Jesus ushering us to follow him into the fullness of being human, which means that we were designed for intimate communion, and third, by way of living independence on the gift of God's spirit, which indwells his followers. Here's how I'd summarize it. God is one big hug inviting us to learn to hug, too. I even wrote a smiley face on there. Like, it just, that just seems good. That seems like a, a reclamation project that I can get behind. Okay, so what are the two theological images to guide us? This is where, this is the deepest we'll go, okay? And then we're all up out of the, the valley after this. Because I'm going I'm to tell you about two concepts, two theological concepts that help us re-image God as Trinity. Okay, the first one is a word called perichoresis. It's a cool word, huh? Perichoresis, also Greek. They actually, most theologians don't even actually try to define it in another language because no other language does it justice because it's so complicated in Greek. The general idea is P-E-R-I, para, round or circular, right? Choresis. C-H-O-R-E-S-I-S, which could kind of be like choreography or movement or space-making, right? So the the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, then move together in some dynamic interrelationality. The communion of the three divine persons is then also, and this is my favorite statement, a mystery of inclusion. A mystery of inclusion, which is, again, what I love about that is we've got communion, mystery, and inclusion. And that just describes to me what it means to try to figure out how to be the people of God. We have to have some space for mystery, for communion, and for inclusion as we form our theological imagination around the practice of hospitality. So the word that describes that is often perichoresis. Three, this is how a guy named Leonardo Boff, really cool guy. He says, three from all eternity find themselves in an infinite explosion of love and life from one to the other. That's what God is like, and that's the kind of life that God invites us into. An explosion of love and life from one to the other. Okay, the second concept. Zimzone. Cool, huh? It's a uh, mystical Jewish word, okay? The Jewish mystics came up with this term in the 1500s, and they spell it like this so you can kind of envision it in your mind. T-S-I-M-T-S-U-M. Zimzum. Okay? And so what's happening here in the concept of Zimzum is that God, in order to create the world, made room in God's self for that to happen, right? He couldn't create something out of nothing because he was everything or God was everything. Even giving him a male-gendered term is tricky in all of that, right? God opened up God's self and made room in God's self for something new to be created. So this is the kind of God that we have, this kind of God who makes room, which is really what's at the heart of hospitality, making room right god makes room for creation you could think of it in the ways in which we interact with one another right if we're always up close on somebody trying to get them to go where we want them to go do what we want them to do there's no space to become something new for something to be created out of that chaos and we step back and we watch something new unfold the same is the way in which we engage the practice of hospitality we begin to make room in our lives and in our relationships for something new to birth out of that so in pursuing hospitality then those are the deepest concepts okay we're coming up out of the weeds now In order to pursue hospitality, we we heed the guidance of the early Christian writers who were writing about the ways in which Christians interacted with one another. And these writers, they claimed that transcending social and ethnic differences by sharing meals, homes, and worship with persons of different backgrounds was a proof of the truth of the Christian faith. Did you see that? Right, so, so this is grounded in who God is and who God has always been this dynamic, hospitable, welcoming God to God's self and then inviting us to join that embrace. And then over history, the Christian community has been defined as hospitable when they share meals, homes, and worship with persons of different backgrounds. And that was proof of their faith in Jesus. So this is is why this is important to us. And this is why we begin moving and figuring out how we are a community together. The implications of reclaiming hospitality are paramount to our present age when you take into account the ongoing ways, and this is not an exhaustive list, in which people of color, the poor, the houseless women and children, the disabled, the elderly, the LGBTQ community, and add to the list, are pushed to the margins. This is why we have to reclaim the heart of hospitality. How will we, as a community here in central Phoenix, transcend social and ethnic differences if we do not have a robust commitment to hospitality? It can't happen. Then you just get whatever you want to call that, diversity for diversity's sake. You just get a picture, you don't get a people. This is why we work at recovering the dignity of people. Which is the definition that I use for hospitality. Hospitality is the recognition and recovery of human dignity. So if you can't think of anything else, like if you're like, what did he prepare a cab? You know, zim zimzum, what? No, no. Just like walk out of here and go, okay, hospitality is the recognition and recovery of human dignity. What does that mean? for me? What does that mean for us? Because again, it's not just an individual work, it's communal work as well. How do we, when we walk into a space with other people, recognize and recover human dignity? Okay, we got, we got more challenges though, because I had to write 40 pages, so there's definitely other problems to cover, <laughs> right? So, and, I, and I'm almost at the end. If, if the heartbeat of hospitality then is the shared meal, which, is, which has been formative to the life of Kaleo since we began. We're working to reclaim those rhythms now, second and fourth Sundays of the month we'll eat together. But if the, the shared meal is the heartbeat of hospitality, and it is throughout the Christian tradition, then the core challenge we have when assessing the status of hospitality in the church today is to understand how to navigate and unlearn what sociologists call the social logic of homogeneity. Another really cool phrase. you Take that one home too. The social logic of homogeneity. That means we are socially wired, right? Our, our logic says we are wired to look for people who are the same as us. That, that's like hardwired into us when we walk into a room. We've actually unpacked this a bit in the past at Kaleo, transpires in my paper as well, didn't put it in my notes, I'm gonna say it anyway, right? Something happens when we walk into a room that is a gathering of people. We typically ask this question first, where are my friends? Or who are my friends, right? And then we begin to look for the people who are the same as us. So the challenge when we walk into a gathering of people and we ask that question, we actually get to broaden it by way of reclaiming the heart of who God is, this welcoming, hospitable, loving communion embrace, and say, okay, who might my friends be with that in mind once we dismantle the social logic of homogeneity? If the table that we're eating at is surrounded with sameness, The meal's not operating within the realm of Christian hospitality and instead is likely to be causing a policy-laden behemoth that runs roughshod over others, often under the guise of stability, security, or efficiency. Now check that. I'm going to pull that apart for you too, right? Because what happens is that when something becomes a table or a community of sameness, Almost inadvertently what transpires is the people who have power in the world begin to use it to create things that make them feel stable, secure, or efficient. Dang, like that's ingrained in us, right? This is why, depending on the day you're a part of a thing that Kaleo's up to, you might feel uncomfortable. Because you might be confronted with the ways in which you seek stability, the ways in which you seek security, the ways in which you seek efficiency. And if we're not careful, those become what we form community around. That's why we need a reclamation project of hospitality. So, perhaps the greatest single challenge facing the church or our church Is unlearning the social logic of homogeneity in order to move forward in being communities formed in hospitality and belonging. Like that, that's the work. We're gonna gonna keep after it, right? But it's hard to do, and we get to keep checking ourselves along the way. So, what I wanna do is I wanna remind us that it's a slow work, but it's an intentional work. And that's why we're trying. Again and again to be these people. We will fail, and then we will apologize, seek forgiveness, be restored. I'll name that as we end as well. And we'll go forward from there. Well, here's what I want to do. I wanna I wanna give a chance for you to listen to God and all of this. Band, you all can come up here too. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read a prayer and then just give you a little bit of time to sit. The benefit for J.J. and I, by the way, is J.J. worked with kids for most of her life and I'm as an elementary ed major. So like, this is this is the life, right? Uh, so, dude, you're good, don't worry about it. Uh, okay, so what we're gonna do is we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna just sit and be still, right? We're never gonna sit and be silent because we can't because we've invited our young friends to be with us. So we're gonna sit and be still though And as best as you can in the stillness of this moment, I want you just to tune your ear to the divine love that was named in the the core of who God is and the way that God interacts with God's self and go, what is this love speaking to you? What is this love calling you to? What is this love reminding you of? And we'll just sit in that for a moment, and then I'll pray this prayer over the top of us and lead us into a song. So let's just be still and listen for a moment. above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We should like to skip the intermediate stages. We are impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet it is the law of all progress that is made by passing through some stages of instability, and that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you. Your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though you could be today what time will make you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. As those words settle, I want to read you What I wrote about the the four movements of embrace that might move us as a pathway to being the people God asks us to be. The first movement begins with opening the arms as a holistic posture of being. More than just a code for desire, open arms are a sign that I have created space in myself for the other to come in and that I have made a movement out of myself so as to enter the space created by the other. The physical and spiritual overlap is striking when we begin to evaluate how we exist in the presence of others. Open your arms. The second movement is waiting. And waiting is a sign that although embrace may have a one-sidedness in its origin, it can never reach its goal without reciprocity. Here we find protection for the oppressed, A posture of embrace can exist always, but a closing of the space between requires repentance and justice. So however the third movement arrives, it involves closing the arms. The reality of an embrace is that it takes two pairs of arms for one embrace. In an embrace, a host is a guest and a guest is a host. For such free and mutual giving and receiving to take place, in addition to reciprocity, a soft touch is necessary. We can see here that embracing the stranger is not the whole point, but the way we embrace is paramount to the exchange. And the final movement sets it all in motion again. We must open the arms again, For though embrace itself is not terminal, the movement of the self to the other and back has no end. This movement is circular. The actions and reactions of the self and the other condition each other and give the movement both meaning and energy. And this four-part movement of embrace will serve us as a useful, formative guide when the corporate body gathers to worship together, anticipating the welcome of God in each other. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleoPHX.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.